Awesome. So, hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Gin and Beerit. I am your host, Meg, and today is a very special day because I am joined by my best friend of very nearly 25 years, Zoe. Hello. That's really fucking wild. Are we allowed to say fuck? I just, I just said that. Yes, yeah. uh, I have this podcast ticked as explicit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nuts that it's almost twenty-five years. Who would, who it would is. think? And who would think we'd be recording a podcast right now, today's day and age? I know, I know. So for a little bit of background for people who aren't already aware, Zoe and I actually had a podcast of our own called Chick Chat, which obviously made such an impact on me that to this day, I still find myself like accidentally saying, hello, welcome to Chick Chat. I'm your host. (laughs) It's just very, very bizarre. Um, Because Chick Chat, we started, I think in what, 2008? 2008, 2009. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. two thousand eight. Because I was in, uh, I was in grade, not grade school. I was in uh, junior high. So yeah, yeah. So two thousand eight, and then I think it went until about probably two thousand ten. So it was like a year and a half, two years. Yeah. That we were doing that, and it was honestly so far ahead of its time. Yeah, we also did video once or twice. We did live streams. Like these TikTok kids don't even know what they're doing. No, I know. And it, it pains me because it was, we were doing this before iCarly was like a super popular um, yeah. television show. And yeah, I just feel like if we had, if we'd just gotten a little bit more exposure, we could have been iCarly before iCarly was even iCarly. Yes. But alas. Here we and are. And we did, we did episodes about Fallout Boy. We did episodes about our favorite social media platforms. We did like Halloween themed episodes. We honestly like we killed it. We a variety of conversations, and it originally was going to be about Secret Life of the American Teenager. So it really took a turn, where I don't think either <laughs> one of us were expecting. Yeah, yeah. So, R.I.P. to Chick Chat, but I'm very glad to have Zoe back on my new grown up podcast, Gin and Beer It. And today, Zoe, what drink have you chosen to discuss? This was a really difficult decision for me to make because I feel like I don't have a necessarily like a go. Yeah, I don't have a go-to drink. There's a lot of drinks I like, uh, but I decided to do the wonderful Tom Collins. Yes, an excellent choice. Um, so for those of you who aren't aware, a Tom Collins is a gin-based drink, very similar to the gin fizz. It is, at least the recipe that I know, is two ounces of gin, um, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, three quarters of an ounce of um, simple syrup, and then you top it off with soda water, and it is very refreshing. Yeah. So before before we get into the Tom Collins <clears throat> and why you've chosen it, Zoe, I'm gonna, we're going to ha- have the listeners have a bit of a get to know you and your alcohol history. I almost said alcoholic history. <laughs> oh my god. The, users, the, the listeners are going to get to know you and your severe drinking problem. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions. Don't be nervous. Okay. What was your favorite, sorry, what was your first alcoholic drink? Um, oh, that's a good question. That you can remember. <laughs> um... I had my first like alcoholic drink was champagne I think like for our birthday before mm-hmm. when I turned 21 um but like, yeah so champagne and then I think like a uh like a hard cider I think came next yeah yeah 
Nice. But very nice. I, th- I feel like that's a, I think, I think Nadia actually said that on her episode as well. I think champagne is probably what most people have had as their, I feel like a lot of first. parents are like, before you're 21, they're like, yeah, I have a glass of champagne. It doesn't taste that great and it won't really do anything. So it's a, uh... yeah, no, I think, I mean, so also for backstory for the listeners, Zoe and I have been best friends for 25 years because our parents were best friends in high school. Um, so we're like second generation friends and yeah, so our parents tend to have very similar parenting styles. Yeah. But yeah, I remember, I think I had a glass of champagne at like my grandparents, um, like anniversary party and my parents, yeah, same thing. Like they were like, it doesn't really taste that great. I remember sticking a sugar cube and like a strawberry in it. I don't even think I drank most of the champagne because it's quite dry when you, as a kid, if you're used to like sparkling grape juice, your first taste of champagne is like this is actually disgusting yeah you're like what is this and then I think the first drink I actually bought at like a bar I panicked and I just got a gin and tonic because I didn't know what else you could like order (laughs) I was like they have to have that yeah no I I completely agree okay next question what is your favorite drink if there is just one um is it the Tom Collins or is it something else I would say but right now, my go-to, I'll give them my go-to right now, is a glass of rosé. But I wanted to do, like, an actual drink for the podcast. But, yeah, rosé is my, my favorite go-to as of right now. I feel that. Rosé all day during the summer it is. And it's it's wine that I don't... I, I, don't typically get sick of rosé. I mean, I don't like. I don't really drink it in the winter time, but right. I, I, I don't stop liking it. Exactly. I feel like it doesn't give you headaches as much. It's just an overall wonderful delight. I agree. Okay. Next question: Is there a drink that you used to love and now you can no longer touch it? It's disgusting to you now. Um. Honestly, not really. I mean, like, yeah, I don't think I have an aversion to anything. I've never, like, had something so much that I don't like it. I mean, I'm not a fan of, like, shots of vodka, and I hate, yeah. like, I, I don't like beer. Like, don't, like, especially, like, the, like, crappy, like, PBR and Bush. Like, I will never drink yeah. that. Like, n- that, like, doesn't matter. I'll drink water the rest of the night. Like, I'm just, makes me feel disgusting. I don't like it, but there's not a drink that, like... I had too much one night and got sick and now can't do. So Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's a good thing. Yes. Um what do you think is your most unpopular drink opinion? So either something that you love that everyone else hates or something that you hate that everyone else loves. Um that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know that I have one. I really am not a big beer person, so I guess I would say that, but I feel like it's pretty mm-hmm. evenly split of there's a lot of people who love beer and there's a lot of people who do not like it. But that would be, I think, my most... Or I don't like Jaeger... Polarizing. Yeah, or like I don't like Jaeger bombs. Those aren't great. I don't know. I don't. I have... hate Jaeger bombs. Yeah, I feel like every all of my opinions are... There's a handful of other people who would agree with me. So nothing too polarizing yeah that is fair okay um if you could have anyone make you a drink who would it be oh geez i know 
if I could have one person make me a drink right now, it would be you. I'd love for you Aww. to be over here in the United States or me over there in London. And I'd love for us to just be in one of our homes making drinks for each other. That's who I would like. That is a great answer, although shocking after the Moscow Mules that I made you New Year's, I think, 2018? 20... I think it was New Year's. Yeah, it would have yep. Yeah. Those were fantastic, um, so I'm though. Amazed that... Yeah, they were. They were, and so were our dance moves as a result. Oh, <laughs> that, is, that is a very sweet, sweet answer. Okay, final question. I don't think you're going to top that one, though. What do you think is the most underrated drink? most underrated drink um yeah honestly i feel like moscow mules are kind of underrated i feel like they don't get as much hype as you would imagine for the fact that they got their like own like copper mug and everything like that or uh in that same vein, there's the uh, Tennessee mules that are made with whiskey that are very good, and I wish yeah. those yep. got a little more popular because those are very good as well. No, I have to agree. I think those are both good answers. I, Moscow mules have always been one of my favorite drinks, and I actually love a Tennessee mule because I'm actually not a big vodka fan. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, but yeah, I agree that it's like, it's not like you can go everywhere and get those. So I think that that is a good answer. Thank you. All right. So shall we move into the Tom Collins? Let's get into it. All right. So first let's talk a bit about the history. Um, I did some research. I know you did a little bit yourself. So from what I read, um, this is partially what I read and also the educated barfly who I've mentioned on every single episode of this podcast. He did, he's had two videos, I think about Tom Collins and one of them, he does a deep dive into the history. So I kind of just took his history. So nice. shout out to Leandro from the educated barfly. But, um, so basically there was a guy called John Collins who was a bartender, um, at the Prince of Wales coffee house in the Limmers hotel in London. He was born and raised in London and was a bartender at this, um, Prince of Wales coffee house in the hotel. And he served a gin punch that I think is very meant to have been very similar to the modern day Tom Collins. Um, and eventually the drink, jumped across the pond uh, around 1850 when a bunch of British um, Royal Artillery Naval officers brought it to New York and started teaching bartenders in New York how to make it. Um, and I think according to the history, around 1865, it had become like a, a household summer drink name. <clears throat> and then in 1862... The drink was in the second edition of Jerry Thomas's How to Mix Drinks, which is like one of the famous drinking Bibles out there. But when it appeared in his How to Mix Drinks book, it was referred to as the Tom Collins, and no one has ever really been able to agree on why the name suddenly changed from John Collins to Tom Collins. Maybe he just thought it sounded better. But finally, and most interestingly, in the Tom Collins history, in 1874, there was this massive hoax where basically if you were sat at a bar 
um, someone would come up to you and they'd be like, this guy, Tom Collins has been talking loads of shit about you. He's been saying all of these horrible things about you. And you know, he's at the bar next door. You should go and, and give him, you know, a piece of your mind and set him straight. And people would go to the next door and the bartender would be like, Oh no, he's, he's just left. And he's gone. He said he was going to this other bar and they'd basically send you on this wild goose chase. And this was like this prank that everyone pulled on their friends. Um, and so the Tom Collins, uh, the Tom Collins cocktail kind of became synonymous with that prank that was running rampant in 1874. Fun fact. What a, what an interesting history. Yeah, it is. I thought so. Um, and I kind of, I wish that that prank would, would work in modern days, but I feel like if you went up to any stranger in a bar and was like, so-and-so was talking shit about you, they'd be like, you've got the wrong person. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, or like they say someone you've never met before is talking shit about you, I feel like you just go on Instagram and try and figure out what their deal is. Yes, doesn't, you would. doesn't would, work. Would in definitely be on social media. Yeah, it doesn't work this day and age, but I didn't know about the, the hoax. That's, that's fun. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So there is the history. Like, so like I said earlier, the drink itself in its standard form is just a mixture of gin, lemon juice, simple syrup, and topped with soda water, um, usually garnished with like a lemon, um, a lemon peel or a cherry or both. So Zoe, why have you chosen the Tom Collins today to talk about? So this is such one of the I chose this because it's, like, such a simple and easy drink to make. When I was going through the list of uh, of drinks that mean something to me, there was also the beloved Purple Rain drink that we had on our on our vacation a few years ago. Uh, yes. That I was quite, quite partial to. But looking up the recipe, it's just so involved. And to be honest, I would never make that drink at home for myself. It's definitely a a going out one but the tom collins is just so simple and easy it's like a i think of it as like a a nicer gin and tonic so i chose it because it's actually the drink i had on my first date with my boyfriend and i just always i like now when i think of the tom collins and have a tom collins i always just think of our first date and i ordered it because I like gin, and, like, my mom grew up drinking gin, so, like, I was like, oh, people drink gin, and then I was like, oh, I don't want a gin and tonic, I want something a little, little classier, so I saw that they had a Tom Collins, and usually when I'm looking at a drink list, like, that's what I'm looking for, I'm looking for something pretty light that's not vodka, so I saw there was a gin drink, I was like, let's give it a shot, and now here I am. Oh, that is a sweet story. No, I I completely agree. Um, To be honest, I'm sure that I have had a Tom Collins. I've I've definitely had a Tom Collins before out, but yesterday in preparation and doing my my research for this podcast (laughs) episode, I um, made one for myself at home. And yeah, I can't stress enough to, unless you're not a gin drinker, if, as long as you have gin at home, you basically have everything you need for a Tom Collins at home, or you could literally get the ingredients at your local gas station. It's, like you don't even need to go to the supermarket. It's so easy, and it's so, it's it's a glorified alcoholic lemonade. Not to shit on Tom Collins, that's really all it is. But it's just so yeah. good and refreshing, especially in the summertime. 
it's it's a really good drink. So and it has a lot of happy memories with it. So that's why I chose it. Yeah, no, and I when I so the <clears throat> we can get into some of the fun variations that you can make um, in in a bit, but. Yesterday, I actually, because my um, boyfriend's brother and his soon-to-be um, wife um, got me a rhubarb and rose gin for my birthday. Oh. So I was like, oh, this Tom Collins will be... Yeah, so I was like, this Tom Collins will be the perfect opportunity to try out that gin. Um, so I made that I made that last night, and it's been absolutely horrific weather in London. Yesterday, I was completely chucking it down. Today... It, we've had some sun, but it's actually, like, it feels like fall, um, which is crazy because it's still August, and normally, th- this is a bank holiday weekend for us, and normally we get quite decent weather um, this weekend, but that's not been the case, but I was sat here, and I was like, you know, it's a good it's a good drink no matter what the weather or what the time of day or whatever, um, but I was like, this would be great on, like, a hot, sunny day because it's super light. It doesn't feel crazy boozy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is what, and also I feel like it's quite a good day to night drink because I feel like you could easily sip it in the middle of the, like a summer's day, but also, you know, presuming you and Kevin's first date was in the evening, like it's a nice cocktail just to have at night. And Exactly. Yeah. It's something I could totally see someone drinking at like on a weekend at lunch. Um, and then, yeah, our date was at night and it was the perfect perfect little drink to have so so where did you guys go for your first date so our first date was in uh chicago at a bar called lone wolf in the west loop Mm -hmm. so we met there at i think we met at like 6 30 and very and to this day like we both had very very low expectations of this date we met on bumble he was like, let's get a drink. Thought he was cute. I was like, yeah, sure. And, like, neither one of, like, we both, honestly, I hadn't had dinner. I was honestly expecting being there for, like, two hours and then, like, leaving and going to eat dinner at home. And we got to the bar, found a booth, ordered some drinks, and then we were there until they closed at one thirty. So. Nice. It. The date the went well. Date. Yeah, and it, it ended, and we got out of the bar, and we were like, well, neither one of us thought it would, we'd be here. And it had, like, neither one of us had any food. I had, like, a Kit Kat before as, like, a, a thing. So, yeah. It was a lovely first date, and there were many more to come. Mm, very, very nice. Yeah, now I was asking, well, one, because I wanted you to tell the cute story of meeting Kevin, but two, because I normally on these episodes, I'll like list off some of the best like versions of these drinks that I've had out. But honestly, like I said, I'm sure that I've had a Tom Collins, but I can't like I can't think of where I would have had them. Um, but those bars in the West Loop in Chicago for cocktails are amazing. Yeah, and honestly, we've gone back a few times now, and they're not doing them anymore. I'm sure if you asked, they'd make you one. Yeah. But they're not, like, on any of their menus anymore because it was just, like, written on a bulletin board. And I was like, yeah, I'll go with that one. So it was, I like, from what I could tell, it was made exactly like there was no fancy spin or variation to it but it was delightful Mm -hmm. i had three so it kept you going through the night 
Yeah. No, and that's one of the things that Leandro from The Educated Barfly says is a Tom Collins is a drink that you should be able to go to any bar, like whether it's a pub, a cocktail bar, just a like old man's bar, whatever, and order a Tom Collins and have it be decent because it's that easy. Yeah. You know, it's literally just gin, you know, fresh lemon juice and, um, and simple syrup and, and a bit of soda water. Like there's absolutely no excuse for you to get a crappy one anywhere although I'm sure some bar would be able to achieve that I'm sure someone can screw it up yeah it really depends on the gin you use too I think so it's a key player yeah that is that is yeah it's it's a very it is a very gin forward drink um I will say the one that I made last night it was delicious but I think the lemon juice kind of masked the rhubarb and rose in Mm. the gin a bit more like I, I think if you want to drink that gin to appreciate that gin, it's better than just a regular gin and tonic, but it, it still tasted great in the Tom Collins, but I wouldn't say that it was like a particular rhubarb Tom Collins, but it was still very, very nice. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, so have you ever come across or in your research seen any variations that particularly stood out to you? I haven't, to be quite honest. Actually, so... For those of you listening, it is currently almost 10 a.m. where I am. I don't know. It's, like, what, 4 in London right now? Just about, yeah. So, like, when we talked about doing this, I was like, oh, I should have my drink. And I almost considered doing mimosas because that's an appropriate 10 a.m. drink. So I'm not drinking a Tom Collins right now because I, like, just woke up. But this evening... uh. I'm going to make a Tom Collins, and for the carbonated water, I'm thinking of doing a blackberry, like, LaCroix as the the carbonated water. So I'm interested. I think um, we've only got, like, crappy gin here. We've got Bombay, but I think we're going to go out and get some better gin today. And then... You know what? Bombay is... Bombay gets a bad rep because Bombay is one of my, like like work like workhorse just like bar standard bar gins yeah like I actually think that it's not it 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 gets a bad reputation for what it is but yeah I mean we've got our bar too so I'm not gonna totally shit on it but like there's a gin we've been trying to get um from this uh actually it's a whiskey distillery in Kentucky and they do a gin and it's so good they finish it off in whiskey barrels called rabbit oh, hole i love that so it's very delicious so i think we're going to try and find it today and then we have a bunch of different flavored um like sparkling waters so i think this weekend is going to be a weekend of trying this drink but with fun flavored soda water so i'm looking no, forward to a, that funnily and i had not i had not thought of playing around with because the thing is is that like i think there are there's there are ones in the UK, but like we don't have LaCroix and it's certain like the flavored sparkling water thing is not like a fad here the way that it is back home in America. Okay. Um, so I think that like, I didn't, it didn't even occur to me that the sparkling water is something that you could play with, but that is a really good idea. Right. Then you can just use whatever, whatever gin you want. But yeah, the, the gin is definitely, that will completely be a game changer. Like I think if you use Malfi, which is my favorite gin here. If you use like the gin Rosa, um, 
that would I think that would be pretty good in a Tom Collins. Um, you can mix up what juice you use. Like you said, you can mix up what soda you use. You can mix up the garnishes. Um, right. You could even use a flavored a flavored simple syrup. Yeah. That would totally change. <clears throat> um, so yeah, there were a couple that I read about online. It was it was a bit more like it was a bit difficult to find variations on the Tom Collins because the Tom Collins is such a basic drink that a variation on the Tom Collins is basically just a a different drink. Right. Um, but some of the fun ones I found were a Juan Collins. So a Juan Collins uses tequila and lime juice instead oh. of gin and lemon juice. Sounds kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, a Summer Collins uses lemonade instead of um, lemon juice and sparkling water. Um, a Ron Collins, I thought this one actually looked delicious. So a Ron Collins is rum instead of gin, lime juice instead of lemon juice, but then they also throw in, like, Angostura bitters and a Demerara syrup and stuff, so it's a bit more... I didn't have everything in my bar that they listed on the ingredients for that. Um, and then a variation that's not really a Collins is the South Side, which I made a couple weeks ago, and a South Side is gin, um, lime juice, and mint shaken up. Um, so there's oh. no soda water, but if you threw some soda water in there, then it, it would basically be like a Collins. Um, so yeah, those are some of the, I haven't tried any of those, but they all sound quite tasty. Yeah, I think that's the thing about Tom Collins drinks too, is like, that was the only, that first day was the only, I think was the only time I've seen it on a menu somewhere. Like I've never been, maybe another bar I've seen it somewhere, but I don't, I don't remember that. So it, while it's a super easy drink, it's not, I think, it was a super featured drink. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I also think, like, when I had Alex from Cocktail Creation UK on a couple weeks ago, um, you know, because he is kind of like a self-taught bartender, and I just asked him, you know, what advice would you give for people who want to experiment with making their own drinks and you know he just said like once you have the specs mastered like just the amount of of sweet and sour and spirit that you want to use in your drinks then you can kind of just sub in and out which is basically why I was in a really really elementary way that's what I was doing with the rhubarb and rose yesterday right. um, but I feel like a drink like the, the Tom Collins is the perfect drink if you're if you're nervous about if you really want to come up with your own variations on drinks, but you're nervous about it, the Tom Collins is a perfect, like, that's your foundation to work with and say, okay, first I'm going to trade it for this type of gin. And then, you know, I'm going to make my own uh, passion fruit syrup or something and then, you know, and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I think that for anyone who is looking to get a bit more experimental with their drinks, but has been burned in the past, like I have, where I've just gotten a little too creative and then it ends up tasting disgusting i think a yeah. tom collins is a very good foundation to start from oh definitely yeah and like you said there's so many like there's only so many uh ingredients in it where there's a lot of variety you can do with like the sparkling water and the kind of juice or the syrup so it's very easy to mess around with too yes definitely i agree so what what is the name of this gin that is um that sits in whiskey barrels because that sounds amazing. So it's after I was doing some research into this yesterday um, because Kevin and I went to Kentucky um, 
a year ago, a little over a year ago, and we did some whiskey tours, and there was this distillery called Rabbit Hole. And so we went, we took a tour. It was super cool. They're like a a newer distillery and like amidst like all of these historic whiskey distilleries in Kentucky. Um, and so they're very unique in um, how they don't have one like grand taster of the whiskey. They have a panel of people who decide mm-hmm. whether or not it's ready to go. Um, and so we went there and they were like, oh, we have, a, we have a gin. So we bought it. It was not marketed any, like, specific way. It was just a bottle that looked like one of the whiskey bottles, but a gin. Uh, now looking on their website, because I was like, we should get another one because we finished it, um, doesn't look like they're selling that gin anymore. They're actually doing, they now call it rabbit hole bespoke gin. So... I'm not quite sure what the difference is from the one that we had, or maybe there's not, and they're just trying to market it a different way. But, yes, it's a rabbit Mm -hmm. hole bespoke gin, and it's delightful. It's very citrusy and lemony. Um, So it's not as heavy. Like, you still taste the juniper, but it's not as heavy, which sometimes, like, the juniper can turn me off from a gin drink it just can be too heavy sometimes so the lemony-ness of it was delightful it was super easy to just do like a gin fizz um and call it a day because gin can be like hard sometimes I feel like like a gin and tonic I don't really do those anymore just because they're so strong and like there's not a lot of flavor to yeah. them yeah I think it just depends I mean I've gotten to the point I I have gotten bougie enough. I mean, if I, like, if I was at a pub, like an old man's pub or something, and I really didn't fancy a beer, I didn't like the beers that they had, and I didn't want wine or something, like, I'm, you know, I'm not above just getting a gin and tonic, and it's inevitably going to be, like, beef eater and Schweppes or something like that. And that's fine. Like, I'm not an insane snob, but, like, on a regular day, if I'm going to get, if I'm going to have a gin and tonic, um you know, I'm, I'm going to want a gin that I like, and I really like fever tree tonics. Um, you know, those are, those are kind of the most reliable, but no, you raise like a a perfectly good point that I talked about with Michael on the martini episode, Mm -hmm. like, because gins are proprietary, like no two gins are the same. And you, you have different, you have London dry gin or bathtub gin or old Tom gin and like different styles. But the reality is that like every single gin is just going to be completely different. Right. Um, and so, you know, because of that, it's, um, it, you know, it's, it's just hard to nail down. And yeah, if you, if you just go to a bar and and you say, can I have a gin and tonic? You really have no idea what you're going to get, but I still love a gin and tonic. On my birthday last week, um, Michael and I were at this bar and we ordered an aviation gin and tonic, which aviation gin is the one that Ryan Reynolds owns. Oh, that he just yeah. Sold for like a hundred billion or something ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, and it was actually like the day it was the, it was, it was in like the same week that he had announced that they sold it. Um, and I tried that and that, I mean, to be fair, this is a really nice bar that we went to. And so I think they used a really nice, like, um, small batch, like one of those, like, um, 
you know, like homemade tonics. Mm -hmm. And then I think he actually threw a bit of bitters in there as well. So it wasn't just like plain old aviation and tonic, but I will say that the aviation was really, really nice. Yeah. Um, but at least in America, I checked on Amazon, aviation gin is like 40 pounds a bottle. So it's not, it's not cheap, which is like 60, basically $60. Um, so it's not, it's not a cheap gin, but having it out, it was really nice. Very nice. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it was good. Um, but yeah, no, so that is the that is the Tom Collins. Is there anything else that you would like to add about the Tom Collins Zoe, or do you feel like we've done it? It's justice. Uh, I think if one person listens to this podcast today and goes out and tries to make a Tom Collins or orders a Tom Collins, I'll have done my job. So just uh I'm excited you gave me a platform to talk about this. It's been really on my mind. <laughs> Yeah, no, I did. With that being said, for anyone listening, if you go out and order a Tom Collins or if you make one at home, take a photo, tag me um, and Zoe on Instagram. Um, I'll make sure to add her Instagram into the the show notes. But Zoe is the one who designed the Gin and Beerit um, album artwork. So oh, yes. owe her very much for that basically helped me get my start <laughs> i'd say chick chat helped you get your start so I, i've been yes, a, been yeah. there day one my original co-host yeah well i did go to you and i said i want to start another podcast do you want to do it with me and you were like um what if i was more of like a recurring guest which yeah. you, this is your first time guesting on gin and beer and gin and beer has is almost gin and beer is like a month from being two years old, and this is your first time on as a guest. I feel like, I don't know that I've ever been formally asked to be on. I have to be like, hey, when are we doing a podcast? I will also say, I will also say, I feel like we were waiting for you to be in America to do a podcast together, because well, we've been burned. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like, Chick Chat is no longer on the internet. And it is safely secured on my laptop. I think you have uh, the episodes, too, I hope, somewhere. But we were just recording in a, what, 15-mile radius? We were not that far from each other. And the sound quality was pretty garbage. So I think there was also some nerves around would it even sound good. But technology has evolved, and I think this podcast well, that, yeah. is going to sound great. Yeah, and it's great. also just the whole, it's the whole um, time difference thing. As because to be honest, I did not do a single guest host on Gin and Beerit um, over Skype until the pandemic. Like, obviously, the technology was there. I knew the technology was there. But I just kind of avoided it because one, because like you said, the sound quality just ends up being so poor when you do it over Skype. And two, because um, realistically, anyone that I'd want to interview over Skype was in Chicago and or in America, at least. And then you have the added difficulty of the the time difference, like you had to get up for 9 a.m. this morning to to do this, to do this. So, um yeah, the pandemic is what finally forced me because even my friends in London, I had to start doing it virtually. Right. And now that I've done it, I'm like, it's absolutely fine. Um, you know, the audio quality isn't, it's not incredible, but I'm also not like, you know, 
I'm not Joe Rogan. <laughs> like right. I'm, not, I'm not planning on making loads of money off of it. So as long as you can hear what we're saying, I'm kind of happy, but oh yeah, yeah, I'm glad that we glad that we finally got to do it. It was great to have you on. Maybe I'll try to dig up some, some audio from chick chat, just to throw it in there for the listeners, just to get an idea of the glow up that we've both had. I would love a, uh, one of our original intros and in the obnoxious red alert. That was our yes. intro music. We've evolved. Yeah. You have been cordially invited to Chick Chat's Sweet 16 How to Make the Best Party Ever podcast. Surprise! I'm Zoe. And I'm Megan. Welcome to our awesome Sweet 16th episode. Yeah. Yeah. The, in- the intro music was that will end up in a museum someday without a doubt. <laughs> Oh my god. Um but yeah, no, thank you for coming on today, Zoe. And also for the listeners, I recorded a so this episode will be going live tomorrow. I recorded a Instagram TV Thirsty Thursday tutorial of how to make a Tom Collins <laughs> that will be going live on Thursday. And all I'm going to say is if you've never watched one of my Instagram live or sorry, my Instagram TV Thirsty Thursday tutorials. This would be the one that you want to watch. I promise you, you don't want to miss it. I will We're say, not going to give it away, but I got a sneak peek and I screen recorded my phone so that I will always have the memory. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's all we're going to say, but um, friends and definitely my enemies, if you don't like me, if we went to school together or something and you thought I was annoying, but for some reason you're listening to my podcast, I highly recommend you watch this video because it will bring you some joy. Um, Phenomenal. But anyway, well, thank you very much, Zoe. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Let's let's not wait another two years before you come back onto the show. Agreed. Agreed. We mustn't let it go this I still long think, again. I still think that it, we need to do an episode about the kitty cocktail because that was the drink of our childhood. Oh, we should. We, that's our next one. Yeah. And yeah. We, we'll, that'll be our next one. We, we can make it like a whole nineties tribute. Yeah, we'll do Green River maybe. Around the kitty cocktail. Oh yeah, we could do yeah we could do Green Rivers for like St. Patrick's Day or something. Yeah. See, there's a million different ideas. It's amazing. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Gin and Beer It. I am your host, Meg. And of course, that was Zoe, who is my best friend of 25 years and my old co-host for one of my first podcasts. I've had a few, not going to get into the others. And it was just an absolute delight finally having her on the show. You can find the podcast well, you're already listening to it, so I'm sure you know how to find it, but it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere where you like to listen to podcasts. The website is ginandbeeritshow.com, Twitter at ginandbeeritpod, Instagram at ginandbeeritshow. Like I said, be sure to check out this week's Instagram TV tutorial of the Tom Collins. Believe me, it is one you won't want to miss. Please send me an email if you'd like to be on the show, if you'd like to request a drink to cover, if you have any suggestions for improvement, constructive criticism, just want to say hi, ginandbarrettshow at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. I hope you all have a great week, and I will chat to you next week.